episode 333, 333, Global from Asia, going in TikTok story and the Attention Factory and Matt Brennan's book and uh, some amazing stuff. Let's go into it today. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you, everybody, for choosing to listen to or download or however you consume this content, maybe even read. We do a full transcription as well of Global from Asia, episode 333 here. 333, easy one to remember, and it's a good one. Today we got Matt Brennan, co-founder of the China Channel, also chat conference. Basically, he's one of the top experts, I'd say, about let's say WeChat or TikTok, which are both parent companies of Tencent and ByteDance but most people know them as the products themselves and also Douyin. And, you know, especially it's the crazy news happening about the tables of turn of blocking Chinese internet in the West. But we don't talk about that too much. We just so happens, Matt's been working on this. He's been covering Douyin or this, these short videos for years, part of his, his research and what he does. And he put together a book. It's an amazing book. And we talk about the story of TikTok, what it takes, a little bit about the Chinese internet space. And really, look, I would say really amazing insights of how does, you know, the future, I think we're going to be using more and more Chinese internet, whether we like it or not, around the world. I mean, there's a lot, a lot developing, and there's a lot of innovation happening, and and it's uh, China first in a lot of ways, and this is a, this is an example of how that's happening. So I'm really happy to bring on the show, Matt Brennan. This is also recorded on live stream on our Facebook, and I think we're gonna be putting on YouTube as well. You can check out events.globalfromasia.com for the upcoming streaming schedule, so you can catch it live. And if you're a GFA VIP, you can actually join in and network with Matt or other guests as they come on and meet. So let's tune into the interview. Thank you to our GFA VIP dot com members we really appreciate you it's been a lot more fun to do these shows we bring them onto the stage or into the live audience and that's how we're separating you know and benefiting our our, our paying and our supporting members of course if you're not a member we still want to give you this content and let you watch the streaming or watch these afterwards so we're trying to balance free and paid but if you do want to support what we're doing and also get some access to me and others in the community we'd love to check check out gfa VIP.com. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our new or upgraded Global from Asia live and, uh, of course, our traditional podcast. Today, we have a great treat with us. Actually, Matt, I don't think you've been on. We've, we've had you on other podcasts we've done, like China Business Cast. But I think this is the first time we've had you on the Global from Asia. I looked up and I was surprised. I think it is. So, yeah. so um, but. Yeah, we've been friends and uh, for many years, you know, uh, in this space of, you know, China, Internet, cross-border trade, cross-border business. Um, it's been it's been great to uh, to see you. And I'm really it's also a celebration of your your book, uh, Attention Factory. It's right here. So uh, congrats on the book. I, I know how much work that is. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that more today. We also have with us Carol in the community, Carol Zarita. She's in Singapore. She's uh, also been to Matt's events. Uh, we've down in Shenzhen. Matt's spoken a lot about, you know, originally it was always Tencent and WeChat, but now it's ByteDance and TikTok or Douyin, which is what we'll be talking about today. So, yeah. so thanks for uh, helping out and joining us today, Carol. Yeah, you're welcome. Very happy to be here. It's been a while, so really good to see um, friendly faces. 
or friends faces after a while yeah yeah it's great so so matt um you know you're the co-founder at china channel you've mm -hmm. done amazing events for the community um to help i think you're one of the you know the top experts on in english language for you know the chinese internet and you've specialized in mobile tech mobile internet tech and innovation you've been in uh bloomberg wall street journal economist bbc financial times and forbes uh and like i just mentioned you have just put out your new your first book i think right uh should uh for called attention factory yeah it's the first book about the, what you just described right uh, oh, okay in a previous life, you know, I was doing ed tech for uh, a, an American school chain in China. Mm. And we actually had a whole ton of books under my name. Uh, but oh, they, really? Related to any of this. So uh, oh, I've been for many, many years. <laughs> but that's a different wow. life. It was like a, yeah, because I used to do ed tech back in the day in, in, uh, in Chongqing. And we oh. built software and we built books. Uh, we everything, like, it was like a five year project. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, like I say, it was for education purposes, but okay. for kids, it's language education. Okay. Uh, they put my name on it because I was I was managing the team. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's that's really cool. So yeah, I mean, let me let's talk a little bit about for those that aren't familiar. You've been in. You speak Chinese. Read Chinese. If you um, you've uh, when did you first get into the China? You know, you, you mentioned edtech chunk. Or into China's uh, internet and technology. Um, you know, I guess maybe a little bit about when did you get first in, you know the story of your China entering China and how did you get there? Oh, long, right? That could be a whole <laughs> show, right? That could be like a, a whole uh, a whole book. But uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, there is definitely a book, not not from me, but from some other people uh, around that time. Yeah, I think it was crazy back then. Um, yeah, so I, after coming out of uni straight away, I studied economics and then went to China for a year. I almost went to Poland, right? I was just went to China because uh, I was with a friend and we worked out the uh, purchasing power parity of what we earned there was really good. Being an economist, it was like, oh, you know, everything's, it, the wage seemed so small that we immediately were like, no, we just go Poland, it's much better. And then we got to say, oh no, but like that wage is small, but it buys so much in China. Everything was so cheap back then. Um, yeah. And then for, from, from then I stayed to learn Chinese and then I stayed to do entrepreneurship. And uh, we, we franchised a school chain and I went to Inner Mongolia for a couple of years, Sichuan province. And, uh, and then later on, I, I moved that same company, hired me to run uh, at their, go to their head office and, and do uh, eventually research and development for the, all of their um, online for, for their online materials. And so this was like really, really early days for online stuff, education wise in China. And uh, we had to sort of sell these products to Chinese parents to say, hey, you've got some software now with your with your product. And back then, you know, we were selling this into tier two, tier three city China. Oh, it was so tough. Like <laughs> those parents did not want it. Like they saw no value in software, no value in online at all. Uh, very different from today. Uh, but anyway, that got me into online. And, and from there, I went into WeChat and uh, WeChat just blew up. And WeChat Pay went from zero to one everywhere in China. And I saw that first. Mm -hmm. I thought, like, 
this is absolutely revolutionizing China. And so I went, I, I quit and, and opened my own business and said, okay, we're going to go into uh, WeChat marketing and we and uh, so WeChat platform services. And that's how we did the conference where most people in China know us from. Um, and we did we did some services around for brands as well. And I got into speaking and writing. We started blogging around WeChat, and that's where like putting out online content just started from. So, and now yeah. I, I, uh, the book is uh, the you know uh, moving into Douyin and WeChat. Sorry, Douyin and TikTok. It's kind of a natural progression because I started covering. Bike dance as as a competitor to Tencent was was my first sort of in, uh, and of course I was on the ground when I saw the whole thing blow up in China again with like Douyin in 2018, and how all these foreigners became super famous on on Douyin overnight. Uh, that you know we we covered that in our conference pretty early, and so that was pretty inspiring as well to see that go global, right? To really go global. Yeah. For sure, for sure, we know some of those those Douyin foreigners too. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. Do you ever be tempted yourself to do something like that? Because there's so uh, many doing it in China, right? Actually, my wife just helped me set up one uh, yesterday. Actually, even for this show, you, you know, book and everything inspired me. But um, each channel is so different. But yeah, we're going to try to put yeah. some of this content. We have all this content, but it's like a different style of content, which we'll, we'll talk about probably to, in, in our session today. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, we finally opened an account. Yeah, yeah, Carol's on it too. Cool. But you actually got to decide Douyin or TikTok because it's completely, yeah, was, you got to choose. I was about to mention that as well. And, and good that you brought the topic because I've uh, been in China. I downloaded the Douyin back then. Um, I'm talking about like two, three years ago. And uh, and then I kept using it for a little while, and then when I'm not in China anymore, suddenly it didn't work anymore. So um, I got, I, I had to um, um, remove it from my phone, and then put it back. And then at last, like now not being in China, I don't have the choice on my Google app to on um, my Google Play to uh, download Douyin. I have only the option to download TikTok. So actually, I don't have the Douyin again. I don't. I, I had it back then. So I mean, yeah. I, I know that we cannot just download it anymore. Uh, the, the SIM card is the key. You got to have a Chinese SIM card active. Yeah. If you got that, you can, you can still be outside China on an old account and still use it. Like most most chi mainland Chinese can go outside China and still use Douyin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I figured that out as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's really good though. It's really good to hear about your whole story, and uh, it's very inspiring because uh, the people who've been in 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 China, we know the whole process of when just um, WeChat came out, and then the whole. Um, uh, progressive develop of WeChat and the functions and then WeChat Pay and so on and so on. And now we are like talking about Douyin. So um, it's really fascinating the how fast and how um, smart the moves are, you know. And uh, it's really good to be with you today who are pretty much part of the thing. So tell us a little bit about the book. So is the book about that as well? Yeah, so the book to totally focuses on the history of the company behind TikTok, the company behind Douyin. 
and uh, talks a lot about their early flagship product, Toutiao. And Toutiao is a, is a household name in China. Everyone in China knows Toutiao. Uh, it's basically unknown outside China. Uh, but if you don't understand Toutiao, you won't understand why ByteDance is the company to build TikTok, right? So that's one of the big questions we, we answer in the book is like, why ByteDance? Why didn't Facebook build this? Uh, why didn't Google build this? Uh, why didn't Tencent build this? Uh, when when you look into the history of the company and, and go back to Toutiao, it becomes obvious why, why ByteDance is the company to do this. Uh, and so we, we're just giving that backstory and that context. There's so much been written and spoken about TikTok this year. I mean, when I started this project nine months ago, I knew that TikTok was great. I would be, I've been bullish on it since the you know 2018. I, I know one of the product managers there really well, and we spoke a lot about it back in the day when nobody really knew it. It wasn't even in America, I think, at the time. Um, but because we're on the ground and we knew we knew Douyin, and uh, we I used Douyin a lot and knew how compelling it is. It's just an amazing user experience, so addictive that I was very confident that it could do well. Uh, and we, as I mentioned, we saw that actually Douyin was kind of the first Chinese social media where foreigners did really well on the platform. You know, you look back at WeChat, yeah. there wasn't many English language accounts on WeChat. And the same for Weibo uh, and, you know, Billy Billy or whatever, like there's very, there's, there were very, very few foreigners actually getting it and doing stuff. But Douyin was totally different. There was absolutely non-Chinese who loved it and had worked out how to make content. And so it was a, a special platform quite clearly. Um, but having said that, all of that, I never expected TikTok to be like where it is today uh, um, in terms of like Donald Trump talking about it, uh, in terms of like getting in. <laughs> uh, you know, none of this was expected when I started the book at all. And it's not why I wrote about, and I don't really cover that much in the book, to be honest. Um, it's yeah. not the it's not the focus. It's not really what I'm trying to answer. Um, but crazy, you know. I I, I was writing this and going, like, yeah, oh my god, going in a very very weird place right now. Uh, <laughs> but I just kept going, kept kept you know writing about what I felt passionate about, and um, the reception so far has been really good, actually. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, so the book is it's like you said it's uh, it's very well researched. You there's like pages of quotes, you know, of links, you know. So you you really did a lot of research for this. It wasn't just like your your own personal experiences, um, which you do have anyway. But uh, like I said, in the, in the, what I noticed is like you said, Toutiao, For those that don't know Chinese, uh, it means headlines. So it basically means you know that it was like a news app and. I really, yeah, I really liked how you go through the story of the founder, you know, and he, even before he started, um, I think in 2012, this started, if I remember the year right, technically, but you could even say earlier, he was, he was working on uh, making so many apps. It was almost like an app factory in a way, right? Like, well, you call it attention factory, but yeah, he, they were basically making so many apps. And it was You're working right. so hard that to just build up, build up, build up, build up. You're exactly right. Like that App was Factory, what we really? Did. App Factory was the original title, yeah. And then we changed it. Oh, uh, I didn't know I that. Last minute, actually, based on uh, feedback from readers. Uh, I think it's actually a better title. But 
Yeah, in China, most people know App Factory. It's a kind of common phrase. Um, so we use that. I do like that as well. I think that's that's good. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, like I say, so, the, the book is, um, I, I wrote it with uh, Rita Liao. Uh, she's the, uh, she, she writes for TechCrunch and um, she was editor and I was writer. So having Rita involved was really, really good. Rita's written extensively about ByteDance herself. And um, she's one of the rising stars of, I think, tech journalism in China. Um, so I was really honored to, to work with her. And definitely it's, uh, she had a big impact on the book, without doubt. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many sources in the uh, back. Yeah, uh, really yeah. Rita, I could see in her work there too. Are you guys okay? Yeah, um, there's, uh, there's, you're right. Like, there's a lot of sources in the back, and that's because we literally, or I literally, read everything uh, about this company <laughs> that's online, and we spoke to tons of people. And, and the sources for this book are just uh, very extensive, uh, and that's why it's got quite a good reception from ByteDance staff. Um, the people who, the the best reception so far has been from ByteDance employees. I see. They really like it. They think it's actually very accurate. Uh, at least the ones who've, who've reached out to us have said that. Right, right. That's, yeah, that's, uh, oh, we lost you and now you're back, Mike. We lost you back. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I, 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 my heart just dropped, but uh, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so the next ahead, question. Uh, I can go ahead. Basically, would you say this is a normal track for Chinese tech that you've seen, like basically just grinding out, making lots and lots of products, lots and lots of apps, or you know, you've studied WeChat. I mean, is this the normal, normal path, or is this a special path for? Um, it is quite normal that Chinese internet companies tend to do lots of different things. Right. They love going into different areas and doing fintech and education, etc. Once they get to a size, they really like go wide. That's quite normal. Um, but actually, with the with the Toteo model, with the with the ByteDance app factory model, it's kind of in some respects the opposite of the WeChat super app model. Right. These are actually kind of opposite ways to do things. In the super app model, you pack all of your services into one app and you just layer things on top of the already existing experience. Python um, does that as well. If you go into Douyin in China, it's actually got quite a lot of, of, of features and functionality in there. But they also build out a, a, you know, a range, a family of apps at the same time, and they're constantly experimenting and, and building out new, new features of, uh, sorry, new, new, new apps, basically. Um, so they're, they're kind of two different ways to do it, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's something that I think ByteDance is famous for, yeah, for sure. And we don't see it too much outside China yet, but I think we will eventually. Uh, they, they've actually hired so many people this year, and some of the listeners might know, like, and uh, I'm sure you know, might like people in and around China, Westerners, like everyone's been approached by ByteDance to to get hired at some point. Um, it's really uh, they've been hiring like crazy. Uh, yeah. And, uh, they've they've really expanded uh, the their presence uh, outside China now, and and then once they've got that sort of workforce stable. 
and maybe TikTok will break out into a separate company. We don't know. Um, you know, at some point they're going to start, you know, churning out apps in the same way they do um, like in China. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't want to get political, but I think Facebook's nervous, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, I think they're scared. Uh, even Tencent's scared. You mentioned that in the book. You didn't. I, you kind of brought up Facebook too, but you're mostly talking about uh, even you know even the big big guys in China are scared now of uh, of ByteDance or you know Douyin. There's a lot of similarities between Tencent and Facebook. So uh, we talk about them both. They're actually going through yeah. a similar process, yeah, of like uh, underestimating this and then suddenly realizing, oh my God, this is a threat. And then, but what's interesting is how they react so differently. Uh, you know, in China, when Tencent suddenly woke up, like, oh my God, Douyin's a threat to us, they immediately like stopped ByteDance advertising anywhere on any of their platforms. Like, just completely, we won't take your money. Like, just mm -hmm. absolutely, uh, you know, you can't take our users anymore. Whereas Facebook, just you know, it's even today, TikTok's advertising on Facebook. So yeah. Uh, says a lot about how these companies operate and the mindset of the higher management. It's also, I, I feel like it's also a, a culture thing. Like in the in the West, there's, and I don't know if you maybe know, but I don't know of any anybody blocking advertising. For, maybe I don't know that, but it seems much more common in China for like Taobao links to not work on WeChat and, you know, like things. But I think in the West, they let the links go, but they might not you know, like put them at the top of the feed, you know, but they let you link to it, I yeah. think, right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a different culture around it. I mean, I don't think it's illegal for companies to do, to say like this, this other company is our rival and we won't allow them to advertise on our platform. I don't think that's, uh, I think it's possible for them to do that. It's reasonable if they are a competitor, but uh, yeah. they don't do it. Yeah. And okay. it's, uh, it's, it's, it is a big difference in the mindset between, you know, like in China, they have this zero sum mindset around competition, uh, where yeah. I think in Silicon Valley, it's a bit more sort of like we can grow the pie together with competitors type mindset. Agreed. Okay. So let's, let's go into the, I think the real, like even with the name attention factory or AI, you know, machine learning, I think that's really the, the secret sauce, right? We even learned that with the Donald Trump talk. You know, in the in the whole China versus Trump or U.S., which you know I know it's not in the book, but it, the AI is the real secret sauce, and that's kind of what you said from all the experience with all the apps that they were building and the Totiao, which is the headline news app. They use that to really make the app really sticky because it wasn't like it's not really about how many followers you have, right? It's not like if I follow somebody, I see this their videos. It's really about what I'm watching, and it. And uh, it will show more content based on what I am consuming, right? That's well, kind of like, I mean, like a lot of people say what you just said, right? Like that it's totally algorithmic recommendation and you can have zero followers and still go viral. Yeah, technically you can. That's correct. But, you know, followers actually do matter as well. I mean, like it's okay. uh, there are influencers on the platform who regularly, uh, you know, their content gets high engagement. Even, even, you know, every video that they do gets high engagement um, and that's because they have a following, right? So um, it does actually, you know, the dynamics around being an influencer on the platform are actually, you know, uh, more similar to other platforms than people have said, to be honest. 
um, you do need to build engagement over time. Uh, but individual pieces of content, I think the variation there can be much, much larger. So uh, you do see a lot of accounts where they're meant to be influencers uh, because they've had like two or three very viral videos, but then the rest of their content has very low engagement. That's not uncommon. Yeah. Especially back in the day when people didn't understand it. There were people saying, I'm an influencer, just to sort of get brands to come in and pay them. <laughs> but what they'd all they'd done is like created, they copied like three different viral videos and managed to latch onto some trends to build up some numbers. And then they bought a lot of bot followers. And uh, the whole thing was basically a, a fraud. Uh, that was actually, a, you know, quite common in 2018 when brands didn't understand it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's... Uh... That is also on the other side that the whole world get to understand the um, influences or the KOLs back then in China because the you know just for the sake of the term KOL it mm. it, it started in China and the rest of the world um, I remember myself with a couple of clients trying to talk about the KOLs and everybody's like what is the KOL so um, right. it's it's when the whole um, terminology started in China as well yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. I mean, we try. I tried to use the word influencer throughout the book and avoid KOL because yeah. KOL really is a China-specific term. I feel, right. and for most sense and purposes, you know, you can exchange influencer and KOL. They're they're close enough. Yeah, there, okay. there is a difference, but not much. That's right. Now, in terms of uh, the growth hacking, so um, the whole app pre-install. It was it was really fascinating to um, to learn about Doin uh, um, was a top buyer to the pre app download on, on mobile phones back in in 2013. Mm. So um, yeah, you explain a little bit more in terms of like the whole pre install back then in Shenzhen in um, yeah the time back in Shenzhen when I um, everything was popping into that or directing into that you mentioned that in the book. So you want to develop a little bit more of, of um, the app install that happened. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, that's one section of the book that's an exclusive. Uh, it's super interesting because uh, it really speaks to how Chinese companies growth hack and what does growth hacking mean in China. Uh, it's, a, it's a really excellent case study of that. And it's a part, it's a part of the history of the company that the company doesn't like to talk about um, and that but it's real it's very real so how we got onto it was you know early on during doing research for the book I was asking uh, you know VCs and people who I really trusted who were very connected in the industry and should know what they're talking about and I respected their opinion and said like what's the secret source for white dance you know what what are they good what, what's really driving this company and you're expecting them to say AI and recommendation and algorithms, and they were like, "Yeah, they're, they're good at that stuff. Don't get don't get us wrong. That's that's actually you know that that's true. Um, but uh, they're also the growth team is really 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 important, and I would say just as important as the uh, as the recommendation. So I was looking into it. I was like, "What do they mean, the growth team? And like, well, you can't find anything online about this." Uh, you know, there's not there's there's no information saying like what they did. I had to dig it all out and uh, speaking to people and doing my own research, and then I discovered that they fast tracked the whole company with this uh, 
um, app pre-install campaign. And it's fair to say that without that, I don't think uh, we'd see TikTok today with, with that. Wow. Like they, they actually grew their company very significantly uh, through pre-installing the apps onto Android phones uh, from 2013 to 2016. Today, you can't do this, right? Today, it's uh, it's already closed. These kind of like hacks, they don't last very long, right? You can't, uh, if it's good, people start using it and people start abusing it. Uh, and then suddenly, you know, it gets overused and it's not a secret anymore in the industry, etc. So all of these dynamics uh, quickly play out. But there was about a two-year window where ByteDance basically paid more than anybody else in the whole of China uh, to have their app pre-installed on pretty much every device that they could, you know, pay a reasonable price for. Um, it, or, these are all Android devices. It's not iOS, right? It's not iPhone. But like in China, most um, back in the day, you know, you could actually pay for a distributor. So after a phone's left the factory, so it's left the Huawei factory or the uh, or the Xiaomi factory, and it's on its way. Yeah, it hasn't been sold to a consumer yet. Uh, and somewhere along the distribution train, you can pay people to actually put your app on the phone. And People don't care what apps are on their phone, at least in China. No, none of the consumers really knew or cared about this enough for it to be an issue. They just looked at the hardware, right? They were like, okay, I just want this Xiaomi phone and it's got the battery life and it's got the screen size and this is, you know, and the price, obviously, that's what people are looking at. They don't care if it's like 12 apps or if there's 20 apps on the phone, it doesn't really matter. So. They, they took advantage of that and then put their app on pay to get the the gray market, right? It's not illegal, but it's kind of a gray area. Like it should probably be illegal, uh, <laughs> but I, they broke any laws doing it to my knowledge, right? I'm, I'm not saying this company did anything illegal. Uh, in fact, I, so from what I can tell, it was quite common. Yeah, it was uh, totally normal. Doing it. Um, but they just did it the most, by far the most, uh, and they drove the prices up in the industry. Uh, and everyone complained about like ByteDance is spending too much on this, like they're driving the prices up. Wow. So, yeah, they. I mean, their company grew from like tens of millions through to like multiple hundreds of millions of users through this one one trick. Right, right. That's actually very. I have to say that I I take it very inspiring in terms of like. Uh, my years in China, it's pretty um, educational in terms of like Chinese, like what you just say is like you do what it takes to do to be whatever you want to do. And, and, and that's something that I keep it to myself as individual. Like that was a really good lesson that I, uh, I got to see from China because companies yeah. like what you just say about dance doing that and uh, always, you know, back then, um, the DD competing with Uber and stuff and the way that they beat them. So it's it's just interesting that um, how China um, companies are always growing. That's why they go super fast. So, yeah. and, and again, talking about moving fast, uh, TikTok is also a really good um, media and window for the e-commerce sellers. So suddenly we see tons of uh, sellers making tons of money and this I mean it's just amazing when you get to see like you say, it's very it's very addictive to scroll down the TikTok because you get you get to see tons of sellers and how the traditional even those outside of the um, main cities 
they are using it to sell whatever eggs, meat, whatever it is. So tell us a little bit about that matching with e-commerce. Yeah, there's a lot of people interested in that, you know, and and rightly so, uh, because one of the great things around this for Douyin is it's quite different from everything else we look at with China innovation around mobile because so often with stuff that happens in China, it stays in China, right? So like all of these cool things happen on WeChat, you know, you've got Meituan, you've got Alipay, you've got all these like amazing consumer services, you know, Pindodor, whatever, you know, super cheap thing, but it doesn't really translate outside China and so you end up as, you know, in my position where I'm explaining what's happening in China to people all the time, I'm constantly struggling to make it relevant to their, to their world because the online infrastructure in the West, let's say, and in China is just very, very different. Uh, and, and, and so this is one of the very first times where China really very, very clearly is a window into the future. So if you know what happens on Douyin now, today, that is what will happen on TikTok in like 18 months, for sure. I know this from speaking to the teams, like the, the product roadmap for TikTok is very similar to what Douyin is uh, already today. So if you know the trends on, on Douyin today, you're, you're, you actually can be very confident that this is gonna happen on TikTok. And we're already seeing that. Yep. So as marketers, yeah. digital marketers, like you can actually get ready for this wave knowing e-commerce is coming, right? If you want to build an account today on TikTok, uh, you can be pretty confident that you'll be able to do some form of e-commerce similar to Douyin in six months. Mm. That's absolutely coming. So it, it's quite rare that you get this like very clear window. It's very simple. It's like, if you want to see what TikTok's like, look at Douyin, right? What it's going to be like. Uh, and that's um, to, yeah. you know, Douyin today has got tons of e-commerce happening. Uh, and so that's why you're seeing TikTok yeah. announce deals with Shopify. Uh, you know, like uh, there's, there's, there's clear or Walmart, right? Walmart's got involved with the Oracle deal uh, or was trying to. And so why are these, um, why are these company, why are these e-commerce enablers uh, getting involved with a social media platform it doesn't make any sense to most most people, but if you know Douyin, it makes total sense. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're seeing in our communities a lot of yeah, Amazon sellers, e-commerce sellers studying this yeah. closely and uh, investing a lot into this. And uh, it's, I, I would agree. I think anybody doing e-commerce right now should be at least studying this, if not like investing in this, what, whether building up their own channel or influencer networking, it's definitely the future. Um, this has been fascinating. I mean, of course, there's way much more. The book is very, very comprehensive. So I, I've read it. I've given a review. I recommend others to also check out the book. Is there audio? version or is it's kindle there's paper on that. Uh, i'll be recording that uh in the, probably hopefully this month hopefully wow month. cool yeah. i haven't um, done audio myself but a couple uh, of days to record that yeah you know, yeah read a book out loud perfectly uh you know maybe occasionally doing some character voices when you're speaking <laughs> in, 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 as other people uh it's actually a lot more work than i thought uh, and you got to get a studio and do it properly otherwise it sounds you know uh, it, it won't sound professional looking Understand. forward looking forward because yeah, i am yeah. a fan awesome yeah i mean a lot of people ask for audio 
yeah, I mean, I, clearly the target audience that I'm going for does listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, they love audio content. So some people, you know, they only listen to audio books, right? So, yeah. Okay, great. I'm bringing up Zach. Zach Franklin. I don't know if he's got video working, but we're kind of uh, wrapping up. Zach. Yeah, yeah Zach's hey, Zach. really are. Uh, you know Zach. Yeah, everybody knows Zach. Um, yeah, long so time Zach, no see, guys. Yeah, what? Yeah, I just thought we'd bring in for the last couple questions at the end. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Um, what? You know, you're you're obviously very active in the Amazon space and working. You know, you. And you in China too, so you see this TikTok and e-commerce. What what are your what are your thoughts, or or do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, I mean TikTok, I'm addicted to it myself. Um, it's super super good at figuring this stuff out, and you know it's easy because it's just super short form video, and you get hooked on it. The yeah. challenge for for brands, of course, is it's really hard to make a like a six second video that's super engaging. And the angle uh, for marketing your product, you know, you can't really sell like a really boring product for anything that's very like short and intense and exciting like TikTok is. You need to like have some kind of visually interesting product or find some really unique angle on it for it to make a good video. And I think that that is really the challenge. You know, it can't be like something as easy as a Google shopping ad where you just pop something up. And if people are searching like water bottle, they find it um, and you don't have a lot of creative work. So sellers that have a very strong creative team or a strong product for this can do really, really well. But if you're not one of those things, TikTok is clearly not going to be your channel. Um, mm -hmm. Got it. So it comes to really knowing yourself, knowing your market, and knowing what can you, like what can you do. It's not it. easy to make uh, a six-second video. Okay. It's exactly. than making a five-minute video. So Zach, Zach's a founder at you have a few projects, Seller.Deals, which is a new one you're doing for, for sellers to get deals. Yeah, and Seller Deals is doing great. Awesome, awesome. Um, so that's the one I'm going to keep pushing right now. Um, Panda Leap, like I have enough customers. I don't need any more. Don't join <laughs> Panda Leap unless you that's want a, a lot of problem. Amazon reviews. Um, okay, great. Yeah, we're like maxed out. All right, so I think we're going to go into networking mode. This is going to wrap up the last Q&A, but definitely everybody um, – you know, the beauty about Kindle is I, I got to download this as soon as it came out, the Attention Factory. So it's on Amazon. I think there's paperback too. I think it, yeah. it's definitely Kindle. Paperback and audio yeah. is coming. So, so thanks so much, Matt, for coming on and sharing with us today. Uh, we'll have a little bit of time. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say most people got paperback, actually. I was, kind of didn't expect that. I expected Kindle to do better. Uh, but oh, wow. paperback is doing better, yeah. Uh, so it's pretty good. Interesting. Interesting. Well, for me in China, it's easier to get uh, the digital Oh, yeah. Faster, sure. but, in China but uh, for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have no choice. But thanks again, Matt. And everybody, please support him. It's it's like, it's really obviously so affordable. It's like a very affordable price. So, uh, you know, and then 
Amazon sellers know reviews help. <laughs> I left in a review, but it, it deserves it. It's a good book. And uh, yeah. really appreciate you, Matt, uh, for sharing on the show and in your previous help with uh, speaking at our events. And, and uh, also, I, I support your events and everything. So, well, for those in the, in the me- members room, we're going to go into networking. So it's going to be some tables. If you're on Facebook or our podcast, it'll be, uh, it'll be out wrapping up now. So, um, Thank you, everybody. Just uh, hang out if you're on our uh, on the actual uh, live session. We have a newsletter every Thursday night. We call it GFA Pulse. And what we try to do is talk about what's happening in our community, a little bit more about what content we're making, special um, offers, you know, freebies, giveaways, you know, special webinars. If you do want to get into this information, uh, actually, some people have unsubscribed by mistake or we, we did switch lists lately. So maybe if you did stop getting them for some reason, we did do a huge uh, upgrade of our email system. So you might have to resubscribe. I'm embarrassed to say that, but globalfromasia.com slash subscribe and people seem to like it. So hope you do too. All right. Thank you everybody for going all the way through Matt's interview. I hope you enjoyed it. We also had some people in the community engaging on the show, asking some questions. So that's really fun. I'm, I'm actually enjoying trying to share the stage, bring more people on board. So I'd love to know more what you are working on as well. And I've gotten some good feedback from the new format of the show. You know, I know we've been seven years at Global From Asia 2013 and we're trying different ways. You know, we're all locked down in COVID or, you know, we're doing more and more online. I'm trying to be more interactive, I'm trying to also give more benefits to our GFAVIP.com members so they get to access to guests and me when we record it. And it's actually a lot more fun, although it's a lot more stress because I just feel like, you know, video it used to just be me behind a microphone, audio only like Skype back in the day. But now we're doing video and audio and live streaming and facebook.com slash global, global from Asia or global from Asia.com slash YouTube for those two channels. We also get this Wendy, my amazing wife, is getting us set up on Douyin itself, finally. We have some short videos there. And uh, we're trying to be as many places as possible. We are a content machine, as I think Matt even said on the show or to me privately. So I do hope everybody's enjoying. I'm going to actually do another session. We're doing these so many. We had an amazing 11.11 here at Global From Asia with two back-to-back shows. And we're doing webinars and a lot happening. If you're not on our email list... Definitely take advantage of that. Globalfromasia.com slash subscribe. You can choose to also get our onboarding email course, little mini course, or just get into newsletters. We do spend a lot of time making those as well. So thanks again for tuning in. And I don't know, do you like video or audio? Let us know. Send us an email, blog at globalfromasia.com or mike at globalfromasia.com. My team and I will be checking those. Thank you. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.